So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favor you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with the $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. And we also included the terms and conditions as well if you have any questions. So check the link in the show notes or description to get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Well, we are excited to welcome Kurt Bonham to the podcast today. He is an award-winning performer. He's got decades of experience both on stage, in the booth, screening. He's got over 100 audiobooks to his name. He has won awards, and he also has a background in audio, video editing, sound design, and he works as an audiobook editor, a home studio, audio engineering consultant. He does a ton of things, and we're so excited to have you here today, Kurt. Thank you. And he also teaches our audiobook class as well That's here at the right. studio. Yeah. Now, I remember first meeting Kurt, I think it was at a social. Uh, and I think you're... Right right here? Yeah, I think it was it was right here at the mm-hmm. studio, uh, which is kind of cool. And I got to hear the story. But for those listening, how did you get started in audiobooks? All right. Is everybody ready? It's a long story. <laughs> um, so it was... Um, I was living in L.A. I, I had been in L.A. for... 30 years before I moved here to Atlanta, and um, I did a lot of theater. And I think this was 2016. I was playing Sherlock Holmes in a production of Hound of the Baskervilles, Mm. and um, my uh, Watson was a guy named uh, Chuck Constant, or Charles Constant, I think he may go by in narration. Now, at the time, I had no idea that he was a narrator when we did the show. I knew nothing about this. Also turned out in that uh, show was also Townsend Coleman, oh, wow. <laughs> who wow. I also had no idea <laughs> who he was in the voiceover world. Um, but after the show ended, and you know we were friends on Facebook, I saw Chuck posting about his audiobook work, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "Oh, I just did my sixteenth book of the year and stuff." I was like, "Wow, I love audiobooks. You can do that. Huh? Oh, that's okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I should talk to him about that." And I mentioned it to my parents who are big audiobook fans. They were the ones that got me started listening to audiobooks when I was a kid in the car with literally, you know, the books on tape, on cassette and stuff. <laughs> and they immediately said, you should do that. 
you'd be great at that. You do all these voices and accents oh, and stuff. Isn't you, it wonderful to, to have parental support? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're my biggest fans. It's it's adorable. I love it. And um, and so they were like, you got to talk to him. You got to talk to him. And I had commented on his thread, and he had commented back saying, yeah, you know, anytime you want to talk, well, let's go have lunch, you know. Um, and as a narrator now, I know how often this happens, <laughs> when, especially our actor friends that see that you're doing this. They're like, hey, how, how can I do that? So I was one of those people. And then I didn't. I totally just never talked to him about yeah. it. And like a year goes by, and it came up again, and I mentioned it to my parents again. And they said, wait, what? You haven't talked to him yet? You have to talk to him about this. You know, you should do this. And then... The thing that really got me is they said, look, if you need help, we will, like, give you some money to get equipment to get started. Like, we want you to do this. So, like, whatever we can do to help. And I said, well, okay, I guess I should do this. So even before I met with Chuck, I immediately just started researching. And I went online onto the Facebook groups and read threads, that you know, for years going back and you know, Googled everything I could about audiobooks and the the industry and just like did a ton of research. Um, and then I met with Chuck as well, which was um, really great because I already had a lot of questions for him that were relevant. And I wasn't just like, oh, what is this, you know, and that that really helped. And then um, it was over Christmas of 2017, while my wife was away in New York visiting her mother, that I set up my booth because I, I didn't want her to like, have to deal with me, you know, like going, what what are you doing? What Were you taking up this space in the house? You know, so I got it all together before she got back. And, um, and then beginning of 2018, like January 2nd or so, I put up my first sample on ACX, got my first book in like a week, and it's been nonstop ever since. So... Nice. I and I pretty immediately knew that I really loved it. Like it was just a great mm. job that fit who I was as a performer and what I like to do. Um, and it's just kind of just been going and going ever wow. since then. So that's so awesome, Kurt. So I know you've done so many different books. Do you have a favorite? I mean, was your favorite the first one you booked? Or <laughs> Interestingly enough, I lucked out on that. I wow. did get a really, really cool book mm -hmm. the first one I got. It was a kind of a thriller. Mm -hmm. It was like a – it was a um, a science-based, like quantum theory-based mystery Ooh. thriller type book mm -hmm. really interesting um that was that is probably one of my favorite books um but i would say i mean there's been a lot that i've really enjoyed but i've been doing a um a thriller series uh for about 3 years now uh called the Victor Loshak series wow. which was a spin-off character from another series of of novels of thriller novels mm -hmm. and um those are the ones that the first, the first book in that series is probably my favorite, called uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Um, really dark serial killer and you know profiler, cat and mouse type thing. Nice. Um, and that was one that was nominated for an uh, Independent Audiobook Award. Mm -hmm. The third book in that series, I won 
another award for the Audiobook Adrenaline Awards. They're just really well written, really fun, and um, it's just been great to sort of live with these characters for several years. And I'm I'm right now recording the uh, the fifth book in that series. Wow. Um, so those have just been really great. That's so cool. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, as far as you know, loving the thrillers and whatnot. Has there been one tough uh, audiobook that you've done before, or something? What What was your toughest one? I should say. Um, so there's there's different kinds of tough. <laughs> you know, there's there's tough in like I've done books that have like seventy, eighty characters, which is like yeah. a challenge, a, right? a challenging. <laughs> you know, a dozen different accents and you know that kind of a thing. I enjoy those. They're tough to do technically, but I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but the hardest books are poorly written books. Mm. And I did have one. I won't name it, um, but I had one romance that was just so poorly written <laughs> that it was. He looked at her and then. She looked back at him. It, it, it was mostly that lustful this intent. author didn't seem to know that you could use and to split up sentences <laughs> oh, or commas. Oh so it was these like short oh sentences that were really stilted and awkward. Oh, no. Just the whole thing. So it was really yeah. hard to give it any kind of a flow. So it was a real yeah. challenge to like make it flow mm. and, you know, you, the job is to make it as good as it can be. Mm. And that one was a real struggle, which is funny because it was very simple. You know, it wasn't like a mm -hmm. complex story with many characters or anything like that. It just was yeah. really tough yeah. to get through. And I had to keep stopping and like, okay, how can I make this flow <laughs> right. in a way that just doesn't sound bizarre, yeah. you know? So and that's, that's got to be that's got to be tough too, especially when you look at it, you know, on the whole. I'm just, oh, this should be, you know, I should be able to knock this out. And That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, usually the romances mm -hmm. with just a few characters are very easy to do. Mm -hmm. They're fast, and yeah, this just <laughs> rough. But those are the hardest books are the ones that aren't well written mm -hmm. by far. Well written books are a, are actually really easy to narrate. Mm -hmm. Nice, you know. Yeah. So, um, do you are you the type of person that looks at reviews? Not or, not really, yeah. not generally. I mean, I've been acting since the fifth grade, and I learned a long time ago <laughs> to not yeah. pay attention to reviews. Um, I I had been really lucky for most of my life, and I hadn't ever gotten, a, like, a bad review mm -hmm. until one time, a show I did in L.A., and I had three of the top um, papers in town come opening weekend and all just, I mean, like, shredded me. Oh, wow. Um, and that was really where I learned, like, okay, don't listen to reviews mm. because it really messed with my head. Yeah. And then it turned out, like, it was one of the best roles I ever did. I had, like, tremendous amount of positive feedback mm. from the audiences and the every other reviewer and all that. So I had specifically learned from that, like, right, this is one person's opinion. Yeah. And they were all coming from their own very specific reasons why they didn't like my portrayal of this particular, it was actually Tennessee Williams. I was playing mm -hmm. Tennessee Williams. Yeah. So they had this idea of him mm. and that did not line up with what they saw from me. They thought he should have been someone else. It's like, mm. well, I researched this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I don't really look at reviews. Of course, I'll go 
to reviews to like mm-hmm. pull quotes and stuff. Obviously, you want yeah. some positive things. Um, and then, yeah, I'll I'll see the the, the negative stuff. Um, I will only pay attention to that if it's consistent, mm-hmm. and that can be you know that can be very useful. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you have something that people are saying over and over the same thing, then you might go, okay, maybe I should take a yeah. look at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but most negative reviews, again, so much it's just a personal preference or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and sometimes it you just don't know. I had one book uh, that I did this one older female character voice that I knew could potentially, you know, not work, but I gave it to the author. I said, let me know what you think. And she said, yeah, I love it. Great. And then all the reviews, every single one was like, this one character can't stand this voice. I'm like, okay, I had a feeling, but the author said, okay, you know, so things like that. Yeah. Well, and it's too bad too, that you can't, you know, let them know, no, I, I had a feeling, but (laughs) the author liked it. (laughs) It's probably also something you know, to say, you know, go with your instincts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though, like, I had fun with the voice, I, I had that feeling like people might get annoyed by this. Mm. <laughs> and they were, you know. <laughs> and, yes, no. they were. Yeah. So would that be uh, – was uh, challenging seasons is what I want to get to. Would that be one of the things that, that you've had to deal with that made it a challenging season for you? Or were there other – things around a challenging season and how did you kind of get through it? Um, I think challenge to me, the challenging seasons that I've had, and I've been very lucky. Um, I, I think are, you know, when you're not sure where the work is coming next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not very fun. And, uh, it was like starting off into my second year, uh, that was the first time I really hit a sort of really challenging spot where the company that I had worked for that entire year before that I had start done my first book with, and they just kept giving me books. Um, they stopped doing audiobooks um, oh, for wow. various reasons. And it turned out to be actually the best thing that mm-hmm. happened for my career because they didn't actually pay very well. And I was mm-hmm. working for less than I should have. But they gave me so much work, it was sort of hard to break this break out of it. Yeah. Um, and I was doing so much work for them, I didn't have time to look for other work. Mm-hmm. So it forced me to move out of my comfort zone with that and start charging what I should be charging and really getting myself out there to look for more work. Yeah. But there was a, a period of a few months there where it started to uh, things started to fall off. And I was just about to head to my first, um, Audio Publishers Association Conference, which is a big conference every year in New York where all the publishers go and that's where you can you know meet a lot of people and do a lot of networking. And I didn't have any books lined up and I was feeling really down like, oh, I'm going here to like pitch myself and I don't have anything. But I just, I kept plugging away and was working on relationships that I built with authors and, and other things like that. And right before I left, I booked three really great things, you know, and, and, uh, and so it just sort of, you know, just sort of expanded my career Mm. just with that. And then I went there with a lot more confidence and got with my first publisher through that. And then everything sort of changed from there, but that was tough. Um, 
similar thing happened last fall. I was going into December without anything booked in 2022 yet. And I'm like, oh no, it's over. <laughs> What's going to happen? And and now it's been my busiest year mm. ever. Yeah, This, I would say, is also a challenging season for the opposite reason. I've had too much work. Mm. I'm, I'm so busy and I really kind of overbooked myself. Mm. Um, and so managing that has been yeah. really, really yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, so well, opposite ends, you totally. know. I think hearing... From both these stories, I think, uh, for the most part, and from what I've seen in in our uh, our lives, uh, things have a tendency to work themselves out. Like even even like the first thing that you said that this company stopped doing it, but you know you were kind of fearful of, or you didn't have time. But there's a little bit of fear there, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, I. What if this stops and I can't find something else? Oh yeah, elsewhere. But pushing you into that certain circumstance where, nope, now I have to do it, you know, and you were able to grow from there. It's just, it's a good reminder for all of us that even though something mm -hmm. can be uh, perceived as as bad, you know, you could end up on the, the winning edge. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it. happened to me before in my life in other areas and many people I know losing a job mm -hmm. can be the greatest mm -hmm. thing yeah. to spur you That's on to, to, us. <laughs> to, to exactly yeah. to do what you should be doing and yeah. want to do and that kind of thing. So, yeah. 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 Looking back, is there anything that you wish that you had known before, before you started? I mean, cause you've had so many great creative, you know, careers, aspects in the creative career, but, um, is there anything that you wish you had known before you started doing audiobooks? Um, not, not really. Yeah. And part of that is because I did so much yeah. research before I even got started. Yeah. Um, that I really had a pretty decent grasp of the industry as a whole um, when I got started. And of course, you you know you learn things as you go. But most of it was stuff I had heard. Hmm you know, from other narrators uh, and reading about things and talking to people. So I, I feel, you know, lucky in that too. I avoided some of the pitfalls that some new narrators fall into. Um, I mean, maybe just like beware of time management. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, yeah. But people talk about that. It's a big, big thing in the, in the audiobook industry. A lot of narrators, that's a big thing is, um, work-life balance mm -hmm. can get really tough if you have a lot of work because audiobooks yeah. take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, probably that, if anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah, that's great. So then over the, the course of your, your audiobook career, what's, uh, do you have a resource or an app or a tip or anything that's, that's kind of eased your life in the, the audiobook world? Um, a couple of things. First, uh, I use Reaper mm -hmm. as my DAW. And I absolutely, I, I am a Reaper preacher. Uh, <laughs> if, if you have the, uh, the gumption to like learn it, it is, you know, it's very full featured and can seem kind of daunting when you get into it. But I'm also a bit of a techie and I like that kind of stuff. But Reaper is so flexible. I've been able to create lots of automated processes. So that mm. has really helped, um, and then another one uh, is something that I created actually that um, everybody can use. It's free. I, um, is I it, made sort is of it the, the Google. 
No. no. <laughs> I did not make do how I wish I'd <laughs> I don't know I'd be sitting here right now. <laughs> um, I created sort of an Excel app um, for uh, tracking projects, oh. um, specifically like uh, time. Mm -hmm. um, it allows you to, you know, put in the uh, – and it, it could be used for regular voiceover mm -hmm. too, for short form as well, but it's more useful for audiobooks. You can put in, you know, the number of words, um, your um, – pages, all that kind of stuff. And, and then it has a built-in timer and it allows you to cool. track your recording time. And then you populate it with, you know, your recording time, how many pages and words you recorded in that session. And then it, it, on a rolling basis, every recording session, it tracks all your stats and it oh, updates wow. them with all wow. your averages. So like your, your ratio of recording time to finished hours, um, how many pages, you know, minutes per page, um, tracks the the money too. Um, and so it's a really, it's really accurate because it mm. does this whole thing where it keeps up your averages. So as you change, every book is different. So yeah. those things may change a bit. And it's really made it easy to estimate how long it will take to do a book mm. and nice. keeps me on track for like, okay, I have this many days. I know exactly how much I need to get done every day. Mm. If I miss a day, I just change that number of days and then it updates it all. So I know, okay, now I have to get this much done or this Brilliant. many pages or this many finished hours, things like that. Um, so that's been really super handy. That and is so cool, Kurt. Anybody that wants it, you can get it at uh, recording-tracker.narratedby.me. <laughs> and we'll put that link in the show notes too. Okay. So if anybody, if, yeah, so they can just click and look on the show notes. And it for has that. instructions and, and, and nice. uh, yeah. That's brilliant, Kurt. I didn't even know that. Look at us learning for all three kinds low of great monthly stuff payments of thirty three ninety nine. <laughs> I like I like automated processes. Yes. Yeah, so like when I can figure systems. out something and and it's nice to just like here everybody just use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, obviously we're so grateful um, to have you as an instructor here, um, especially now even getting to know you even more and um, but. Um, you teach our virtual audiobook class, which is great because anybody can join from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's six weeks, but, um, and they can find out more information like with the link in the show notes and on our website. But I want to kind of get an idea from you. What type of teacher do you feel like you are? Like what? Like the guy from Whiplash or? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Definitely not like the guy from Whiplash. Um, no, pretty much the opposite of that. Um, I think one thing uh, people consistently say is I'm very enthusiastic. Mm. I love audiobooks. I love this industry. I love the community. I can talk about it nonstop. Um, so I'm very enthusiastic about it. Um, and uh, I just really, I really like helping people. I mean, this has been so great. And I really appreciate you guys taking me on as a teacher. Mm -hmm. It's been so much fun. And really rewarding to, uh, you know, watch people grow and 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 help people along. Um, and I think another thing about what this class is for me and for anybody that takes it is, you know, the, I, I teach it from the point of view of someone who 
this is my fifth year, fifth year of narrating audiobooks. Mm. So not really that long, mm. really in the scope of things. There have been people that have been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. And they have a different perspective. So this is coming from a perspective of somebody who is still kind of new to the industry, mm. who came into it at a time where things have changed. And so I have the perspective of like, this is now the way things are are going in the audiobook right. industry. Yeah. And, and I am an example of what you can do, mm. you know, starting from scratch. Mm. At, at now in this in this time yeah. and that you know and that you can build a career mm -hmm. um uh, doing this yeah. so I, that's sort of what i like to think of is mm -hmm. you know a perspective of somebody still new to it yeah teaching people who are new to it yeah um and sort of leading by example really mm -hmm. well, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that that is so helpful because the industry has changed so mm -hmm. much. Even over the past 10 years, Pivot. it's a different Definitely industry. Definitely the past 10. Well, ACX started just a little over 10 years ago, yeah. and that really changed the audiobook industry yeah. and allowed more people to get mm -hmm. into it on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what would you say to somebody who's just starting out, like any advice that you would have for them? A um, couple of things. One, acting. Since it is an acting yes. job, if you've never done any acting, I would highly recommend taking some acting classes, even just one. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some now specific acting for audiobook classes that are that are really great. Um, but get some kind of acting training mm -hmm. um, that will really help, I think. You don't have to. I know narrators that did not train and are very successful. But it took. I think it took them maybe a little bit longer to get to that point. Sure. So acting... Um, and listen, 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 listen to audiobooks. Like, I can't tell you how many people I know, they're like, I want to do audiobooks. Do you listen to them? No. no. What? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah. You will learn a ton just mm -hmm. by listening to good audiobooks and bad audiobooks. And mm. with that, what should they be listening for? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, and, and I only ask because we... When we were leading the beginner voiceover instructor class or instructor, beginner voiceover intensive <laughs> class, uh, we would always tell people, you know, with the commercial side, listen to commercials. And so then we were like, oh, we can't just say that. We need to say, what should we listen to? And I know audiobooks is a little bit different. It's like, no, and you can still listen to it and and inherently understand things, yeah. which is why your advice is so valuable. But is there anything else that, that kind of stands well, out more? I mean, the thing is, is again, it's going to be all personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there are there are very very successful narrators, award winning that I don't like, mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know, there's people like different styles of narration. Mm -hmm. Sure, and so it's going to be a personal thing, which I think is important as a narrator. Understand the style you connect with. Mm, that's huge. Don't try to be something yeah. you're not. Yeah, um, I have tried that. I have I have listened to certain narrators that are very successful and they do this cert there's certain types of narration styles and I've gone okay maybe I'll try that and I just can't do it it's just not my thing yeah. sure. I have a certain style that is comfortable for me so that's part of it listen for what you connect with what you think is good narration mm. um and and then you know find narrators that again yeah that probably sound somewhat like you 
um, as well as the genres that you connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, and just think, listen to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The pacing, um, the character work, um, how they breathe. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so much of it that you can learn just from listening to good narration. Mm-hmm. And again, even from bad narration, yeah. you can learn a lot listening to something that is not good to go, okay, don't right. fall into that mm-hmm. pattern or don't do that kind of a thing or, right. you know, mm-hmm. don't make loud slash breaths or, you know, like whatever, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but listening is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just have to listen. Yeah. So and then also like what I did, Research, research, research. Mm. There's just so much you can learn on your own. And I say, do that before you start. Mm-hmm. Learn as much as you can before you start. Yeah. Also get used to the tech before you start. Because if you, I've seen this happen so many times. And in fact, it happened last year where somebody came to me. They were a voiceover actor that had never done an audiobook, And they booked an audiobook. And then came to me and said, okay, what do I do? And when I explained what they needed to do, they backed out. They wow. said, you know, wow. I don't think I can handle this yet. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a different animal than doing a 30-second yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. spot yeah. if you have to do the work yourself. But even just recording it can, you know, is, is different. Mm-hmm. So get, get familiar with your tech. Yeah. yeah. Research the industry. Listen and learn acting. Yeah. <laughs> and listen some more. Yeah. I know. And I love what you said about researching first before you even talk to Chuck because it's so true. You can gain so much more. It's like you get more value out of that conversation if you've done a little yeah. research Absolutely. and you know what things to specifically ask that you can't find online. And so you don't waste time if you only have a certain amount of right. time with that person right. on yeah. just like the basic stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because yeah. there's so much to cover. And even from a different perspective, if somebody asked me to coffee and said, well, tell me about voiceover. I'm like, oh my gosh, like where do I even start, yeah. you know? Well, there's so. something with audiobooks now that is is really great. Um, uh, there's a narrator who's actually an Atlanta local narrator, mm-hmm. Karen Commons, um, and she has put together a website called um, Narrator's Roadmap. Narratorsroadmap.com, which is sort of a compilation of all the stuff that you would find, you know, if you went searching around. And so it's all in one place. And that's what I do now is mm-hmm. when anybody asks me, like, can you talk to me about being a narrator? Mm-hmm. I say, go there, read, listen, watch everything, and then come back to me. Nice. Because yeah. you'll have a really good idea of where the industry is, what it is to be a narrator, mm-hmm. every aspect of it. Yeah. You know, she covers, uh, you know, there's just links to every aspect of, of narration. And then they'll, a lot of times, they don't come back. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> like, oh, like, okay. Oh, wow, and then if they do... Then okay, like yeah. now now let's talk. Sure, um, that's great. We'll put the link to Karen's site too in the the show night show notes, so everyone can hear. Yeah, the show it's a great site. There's to, a lot of it is free. There is a membership portion of it that mm-hmm. has a little more detailed stuff and some more you know, um, more videos that are 
uh, on specific things and mm. like event calendars and stuff like that. But there's tons of it that's just free and you can just learn a, learn a ton there. Awesome. So. Great. Great. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. It's so yeah. nice to finally talk to you on the podcast. I can't believe it's taken <laughs> us this long to get you on here. Well, but Thanks for having me. Um, and I hope that everyone that's listening can jump into Kurt's class. So, join us. Join us. <laughs> 